This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Welcome back to another episode of Reclaiming Families. We are excited today. Today I've got a topic that I am especially excited about. It is, we're going to talk about education. Yeah, and we have a special guest. Um, This is a special guest because she is one of our great and dear friends. Um, So that makes it extra special just in and of itself. But also she has worked in both um, some local public schools and um, is now working at a private Christian school. And so we would love to welcome Hannah Haney to the Reclaiming Families podcast. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you for having me. I feel honored. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I am a mom of two about to be three kids. I'm currently in my third pregnancy. Um, my husband and I have been married for about six and a half years now, which is wild. Um, and he is currently a firefighter here in our city. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a teacher, he's a firefighter and we're just navigating life. Yeah. Well, we are definitely excited to hear from you some today about the topic of education. Really, I think that I have learned a lot from you in just like knowing more about how to think about sending our kids to schools, um, how to choose a school. And so really, that's kind of why we wanted to have you on the show is because we wanted to Um, some of the things that you have told us and some of the things that we've learned from you in just casual conversations we thought would be good for all the listeners to hear. Um, So, yeah. And I think I'm especially excited because you've worked in a county school. You worked in a private school. You come from, you're a Christian. You're a mom, right, an educator. So you really do have um, a lot of background in a lot of different places where you can... um, you know, speak with some pretty good wisdom and experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely am no expert. Um, I graduated in 2017 with my degree in middle school education, fourth through eight. Um, and I was raised through the public school system, like K-12, even university was public. Um, but God, um, was faithful to reveal himself to me while I was in college. And so, um, He has definitely given me compassion for students and just even passion about helping students learn and see that they are capable of using their brains. Um, And it wasn't until I started working in the public school system that I saw like the ins and outs of what it looks like. And um, then when I became a mom, then it's Mm -hmm. like you think about your children all of a sudden and yeah how eventually they're going to be in school and they're going to be required to do these things. And it just makes you really step back and reflect, okay, what do I want for my family? Yeah, that's big. Yeah. Let's dive in right there at that point. Yeah. Like that. It's uh, 
So what's the, you know, both of those experiences, what, were, what, what have they been like for you? The public school and private school teaching experience. Um, being a teacher is challenging just in general. I mean, you see it all over social media. You see everybody saying Especially it. these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I started in 2020, um, January 2020, um, right before the pandemic hit. So I had three months of normal school. Um, all the while at home, I had a year and a half, a year and a half year old and a two month old. And so obviously those of you who are parents and are listening, you know, that's an exhausting season. Um, and so then the pandemic hit and when we went back in the fall, um, just everything I knew with teaching was flipped upside down. I was a virtual teacher Things were very isolating and anxiety producing just all the fear about this virus and making sure we're tracking where kids are at and who they're near and just all the things that you don't want to do as a teacher. And it's just, a, yeah, not a fun thing to do. Um, and then just being in the school that I was in, it just was emotionally draining. Um Lots of kids just have broken homes, and that was hard. It just was an emotional toll for me, um, and I loved it. Like there was many rewards from that because um, I learned a lot from those kids. I learned a lot about how life isn't so black and white, and things just you, things just aren't so cut out cookie cutter like you think they are. Um, and so I'm really grateful for that. But as the school year was ending, I was seeing how I wasn't able to be the mom I wanted to be. And so um, the Lord opened the door at the school I'm currently at um, and allowed for me to make the move to this Christian school. And um, we still have kids with broken homes. There are still students with learning disabilities, but the difference is it's smaller class sizes and the leadership within the school is all Christ-centered. Um, so like my principal, my assistant principal and the headmaster, they're all asking like, how are you making your lessons about the Lord? Um, how are we as a school cultivating hearts that love the Lord? How are we helping parents shepherd their kids to love the Lord? And so, um, that's just so life-giving when you have administration who's helping you do what you want to do as a Christian and as a teacher. Yeah. And one thing I guess I'm hearing, I, 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 you didn't directly say this, but I want to see if this is kind of what you're saying, is it's almost like in the private school setting where you're currently at, it's that the school system is empowering parents to parent their children. Yes. Yeah. That's one of the huge passions of uh, my school specifically is they want to come along parent, alongside parents and help them um, disciple their children to Lord willing, know the Lord. And um, they want to see men and women be raised up to go out into the world and proclaim the gospel. And they know the way to do that is through the family mm -hmm. and teachers should be partners in that, That's good. Um, but not the main source of it. That's good. And, you know, that's kind of in contrast. I don't know where 
we are at as a city and as a county. But, you know, that's the, quite the opposite has been all over the news recently. I mean, with the elections in Virginia, a lot of times people are saying, like, parents stepped up and it ended up being a parent's election because so many of the school systems there um, in the school board was saying, you know, parents don't get to have any, parents don't deserve to have the say in their kids' education. It's the teachers, the school board, and things like that. And I know that we're not at a necessarily the same place as, you know, that school system in Virginia, but can you speak into that, any and what you've seen in public schools as far as just... Yeah, um, what I've learned in my short time in the public school system through my residency and just my year and a half in the public school system was, um, unfortunately, there are over half of the parents of these students within the school system it seems virtually don't care. They have that perspective of that's the school's problem when they're at school, that's their responsibility when they're at home, that school's not on my radar. Um, and so what you're talking about, which I haven't really heard anything about what's going on in Virginia, but it sounds to me like it's just this overarching belief in the education system that is slowly coming to fruition of, we can't trust parents to make good decisions for their kids. Mm -hmm. um, and no one is saying that right out, but it's like, if you take a step back and evaluate policies that are being put into place and um, pedagogy and methodology, it's all because there is a lack of trust and not necessarily unmerited because it's like, you do see those parents who don't care more often than not, unfortunately in the public school system. So I don't know if that's necessarily um, what you are talking about fully, but I think it all just points to that of over the years, they have seen parents don't care. And so now they are assuming parents don't have the responsibility to care and make right choices. Yeah. I think that's the key, you know, one of the key uh, issues is a responsibility issue. Yeah, I heard uh, Thomas Sowell say one time, he was, um, and I guess we'll get into it more, but he was basically saying, hey, the ones who have to bear the uh, responsibility, they should be the ones who, by and large, have a say-so, because they have to live with the fact, like if I send my kid to school and they don't get educated, or if they don't, um, if they're not socialized, if they're, like, I've got to live with them. Right. I'm the parent. Like, it's my kid. Like, they're going to be they might be in my house for the rest of my life. You know, they might never move out. And and, uh, and actually, God gives me the responsibility as the parent to um, and he gives the responsibility to all parents to teach their children and to um, steward them and, and watch out for them. And so if I have all the responsibility then I need to say I need to I need to have the voice to say so and um What's going on? But it's also complicated, right? Because I can't um, in a public school. It's not a Christian school, right? I can't force all the kids to be Christians and adopt my Christian beliefs. And so, to me, it seems like the problem becomes when schools start to step into a gray zone more than just teaching math and teaching English, which you can teach that to anybody. It's 
it's the values that you teach now and the um you know what the the worldview that you're 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 bringing forward kind of like the politics you're saying well not just politics but you know like or or yeah let's just say the politics of it um critical race theory critical race theory right or something like that or are you are you going to push and say that um LGBTQ yeah, LGBTQ stuff is is good and right. And when a Christian parent would say, no, 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 I don't want you to teach my child that. I want you to teach them math and science and English. And so I don't know. That's where I feel like the rub is 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 in the is in the uh, it's in the gray zone of what are you teaching my child? Yeah, honestly, um, do you mind if I read a quote I wanted to share at some point? And that just made me think of it. So our school currently is reading Beyond Biblical Integration by um, Roger Erdvig. And it's all about cultivating a biblical worldview um, within like teachers' hearts and then within the school that you're at. Um, But he talks about how the public school system is actually one of the best school systems if you look at immersion. because we need a biblical worldview immersion. Like we need creation, fall, redemption, restoration, and everything we do as Christians when we wake up, when we get ready for work, when we go to work, when we wipe our kids' noses, all of it, it all points back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but the public school system, he says um, that there is a dominant worldview of the public school system in the United States, and it is secularism which is based on two central truth claims. One, that there is no reality outside of the material world. In other words, there's no God. And two, that religion, while perhaps helpful for an individual's private life, is actually a destructive force when applied to the public arena. Um, And when I read that, I was just like, man, like all of those other things sure included, depending on where you're at, what's going on. But like, yes, we teach children in the public school system that they are fully capable aside from God, the creator and the sustainer. Hmm. Like that's, we teach them to be self-reliant, which it's like, you know, there's that line. But then two, because we do not let religion intersect in the schools, we're teaching them that religion has a time and place. Like your worship has a time and place. It cannot come into this building. Um, and it's like over 13 years for kids from K through 12. That's a long time for them to slowly be immersed in that belief. And no one may be telling them directly that's for at church, but that's what they come to believe. And that's what I believed before I became a Christian mm-hmm. in college. That's it's like, wow, that, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. And, you know, you're saying that by and large, the theme of the American school is secular secularism. And I think I kind of always equate with that. No absolute truth. Um, and obviously that's a problem for us as Christians when we believe, you know, what you said, creation, God created everything. There was a fall and we're all sinful and then redemption, Jesus came, and that is the absolute truth that we need. We need Christ, and he will restore us to a new heavens and new earth. And so it's a problem 
because it doesn't allow for that, like you were saying, but it also, I, I've seen um, just in, you know, conversations that there's like kind of becoming even confusion on the basic like science, math, and all of that because of the secularism, because of the no absolute truth. Well, what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. And so it's like, how do you even educate when there's no baseline of truth to educate from, not even spiritually speaking, but also, um, I don't know, like biology. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine it all gets very gray. Um, so far all I've ever taught is the English language arts. And so, um, you know, you read a book and you write about it and you teach them how to write. And so all of that, thankfully, has been very untouched. But when you do get to science and I mean, there's definitely all different methodologies in math, but um, I would imagine you would see that come to play a lot in history and in science. And, um, you know, some of the conversations are really good, like what history is being taught. What are we leaving out? What, what do people need to know um, that they didn't learn in school? It's like, that's not necessarily a bad conversation, right. but um, it just all gets really murky. And as Christian parents, we have to make sure we are the strongest voice in our kid's head. Yeah. You know, of I guess it's been a month or so ago now, but Emily King was on here talking about sex education and she was just saying that the parents are the expert (laughs) and really it's like, it just comes back to that. I mean, I might not be the expert on English, which is why I probably might need to hire someone to teach my kid English, like a teacher, but it does like, like I am the expert when it comes to my kid and teaching you know, it's, it's cool too. Like I, we were reading some, this book about how to pass your values on your children. And I think, you know, scientifically it's just, uh, again and again, and again, it's, it's really kind of proven that the parents are the strongest voice in the kid's life. And, um, it's pretty wild. Like even where the school wants to maybe, I mean, maybe if the school is wanting to have a stronger voice, it's like, God has just has not made it that way. That actually the strongest voice in a child's life is dad's voice. And uh, now... The strongest emotional voice is mom's voice, though. Just so, so you know. That's right. So, but it's a... Uh, as far as values, it's... Uh, it's it is dad's voice. And so it's... Uh, but yeah, so we want to keep it that way. We want to, you know... <laughs> yeah. So... But, you know, uh, not to keep circling around on this topic, but, you know, it does seem like parents often believe that it's the teacher's responsibility to educate their kids. You know, if kids come home and they have a a struggle learning something, you know, I've seen just in, in peers and in conversations with other teachers that a lot of times parents come in and it's like, Hey, you're doing something wrong. My kid doesn't understand this. Um, and so, but we've been talking about on here and, you know, we really believe that, it is the the parents' role to educate their kids and be that voice and to take those opportunities. But what would you say as both a teacher and a Christian, 
just like to encourage parents and and what does it look what is what is a parent's role in the the education process I guess we've kind of tiptoed around it but yeah yeah um well I think as a Christian parent both of those disclaimers Christian loves the Lord parent obviously yeah you have children um (laughs) I think we have to remember that God's main desire for our children and for our family is for us to worship and love him. Mm. Um, and so I was just thinking through in Deuteronomy six, um, God is telling the Israelites to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today to be, are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk with, talk with them as you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up and so you see like God's like anytime you're with your kids I want you to be talking about me and my commandments um and in Proverbs it says start children off on the way you should go and even when they are old they will not turn from it so when I think about Christian parents making education decisions for their kids it's like okay it's not about the subjects that are taught and covered in school. Like it, it has to first be like for my daughter and for my son and for this daughter that will be coming. It's like, it has to first and foremost be, how are they going to be shaped to view God creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Um, and a lot of that, yes, it takes place before they become five. Like we're already having those conversations with our kids. It's good. Um, not perfectly by any means, but we're having those conversations as they come. Um, especially with my oldest, she's three and a half now. And it's like, she, we're trying to help her grasp the concept of sin, that she is a sinner that needs a savior. But it's like, for me to think that all of that is done when she turns five and goes into kindergarten. And now at that point, the priority is for her to learn how to write and read and start identifying numbers it's like no that doesn't stop um and so yeah I think ultimately it's just it can't be about just acquiring knowledge because when they grow up and when they're 18 and sent out into the world what's that knowledge going to do for them if they don't understand who's the source of knowledge that's good it's it's almost like what you're saying is like all of this knowledge is like really good for nothing if it doesn't lead them to worship. And so I guess I'm kind of thinking like, you know, one thing for me is like, I really love seeing how God's design and science are so in line together. And so if my kids can like know that God is the creator of everything that all science is under, you know, his control. Then as they start to learn science, they also start to see like, and God created it like this, like all the gases of the earth that, you know, I don't really know and can't really go into, but like, if she knows, okay, God created everything, then she's also able to say like, wow, and God made this percentage, this gas and this percentage, this gas, because he knew that that's what it would take for life to be sustained on this planet. And, or like you're talking about English where it's like, Oh, this is an opportunity for me to express, like to communicate to others for, you know, God's glory 
to express in worshipful ways. And of course, it's not always going to be that clear cut. But I think that as you were talking, I just started to see like, yeah, like we have to lay that foundation and worship follows it. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think it's also a lot broader too. Like, you know, we don't do, we don't learn English just to write, you know, hymns and worship songs. It's right. like we, we learn English to do many things, to communicate good ideas and to um, promote people who've done well. And, and, but that all facilitates God's design of, you know, like we're, we, we're trying to be a blessing to our world and communicate. And, and there's all these things that it is like funny. Like if you don't have the, the Christian worldview that is driving you to be a blessing to other people and to serve and to pour out your life and to use your knowledge, whether engineer or teacher or, or whatever to give. And then it's like, yeah, what, what good is all that knowledge? You know, it's a, it's, it's not really benefiting. Yeah, or even like you were saying, parents having to go and debate with the school boards about what they think should or shouldn't be in the classroom and at their kids' school. It's like those parents had to learn that skill of debate from school. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It, school is necessary. It just can't be like the end-all, be-all for families. That's good. Um this is kind of backing up a little bit, but what do you wish that are, what do you wish that parents knew about school systems and education just can be pretty general or however you think about that? Um, yeah, I think, um, there has to be like a recognition that when you send your child into a school, like they are going under someone else's authority. Um, and so it's like, as kids come into my classroom, I become their authority, the assistant principal, the principal and the headmaster. We are all the authority. They have established rules and expectations um, for these kids to abide by. And it's like, while that might be obvious, it's also like, well, kids, especially elementary age kids, um, when they walk into a classroom, they have like this fear and love and adoration for their teachers that is very sweet. Like it is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but it's like aside from mom and dad, this is the adult that is speaking truth into their lives. This is the adult that's helping them understand hard concepts and the adult that gives them a hug when they fall down. I see this a lot now in elementary. I never saw that in middle school, but like, um, yeah. So when I think about sending kids, you have to acknowledge like, okay, whatever adult is in that classroom is going to shape their brain for a whole year. Yeah. Um, and so that can be very sobering if you think about there is a reality even within Knoxville there are teachers who have different beliefs than us like we live in America like obviously um but if you have like I had co-workers who had different beliefs than me and they would teach kids to reconcile differently with conflict um or even there's a reality of there is transgender adults now within the school systems like 
working and teaching and identify as a gender opposite of what God has designed them to be. And um, if your child gets that teacher, then they are expected to submit to whatever that adult is telling them. So like I identify as this. Um, and so I think as parents, we just need to be aware of what the principal values, what the teachers value, what are the core values of that school. Um, like we just have to do the work as parents. We have to do the work to research and to advocate for our children. Um, and so the question was, what do I wish parents knew? Is that accurate? Yeah. yeah. Oh, That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you're um, dancing all around it. Yeah, so I think that is just, you don't know what adults are in that building. You might know, maybe you do know the kid's teacher, but you don't know the other teachers in the building. So it's just that reality of kids view adults as an authority because they're adults and they, like they should. Um, but when it comes down to it, those adults are also going to be shaping their view of the world and the view of the Lord and the view of other people. Um, and so I would just have parents really evaluate why they're making the decisions they are for their kids. What are they basing those decisions off of? Um, I know for my husband and I, before I started working in the school system, we just always assumed we would put our kids in the public school system. Like, you know, we are fine. Like I made it out great. Like I loved it. Nothing traumatic happened to me at school. Like we're good. But then as I got in there as a mom and just seeing um, there's just a different morality within the public school system. And that's just something my husband and I don't want for our kids, especially when they're young. And I think about again in that Proverbs 6, it says, start your children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they won't turn from it. And so I think as parents, we have to know our children. We need to know them well enough to know where are they do they know the way they should go do they know the lord do they know how to make right and wrong decisions can they evaluate critically is that what god's word says or not if they have those skills it's like the public school system is a good option because they have a strong foundation but um if they aren't solid in that yet Caleb and I definitely don't want our kids to just be put under some adult that we don't know and we can't control yeah. um, just for the sake of convenience or finances. Hmm. You know, that's like, this is one of the issues that really is probably the most passionate to me is this issue of choice. Like what choice do I have as a parent? Like I'm perfectly actually okay if uh, a school system wants to hire a transgender teacher. I'm perfectly okay with that. But at the same time, I'm not. I want the choice to say, well, yeah, but this teacher is not teaching my kid, right? You can hire him and other people might choose that class or him as a teacher or her as a teacher, whoever. Um, but, but I'm going to choose. No, I'm going to choose another teacher, another school system. And, uh, but we don't have the opportunity right now. So we have private schools, right? That's our right. choice. And, and uh, but just the idea of school choice in the public system for parents is it's empowering to parents to 
take care of their children, to give them the responsibility back. And uh, I'm a big fan of it. I love it. But um, And that's why I love public schools or private schools, sorry, because I get to choose that. I get to say, yeah, this, I want, I want this teacher. I want this, this school. And so I think that is a, you know, as far as reclaiming families and politics, there's a, a political stance of reclaiming families of, of, uh, Give families the, the power and the responsibility. Well, they have the responsibility. Give us the power to uh, to guide and direct our children. Backing up a little bit, you said, um, and I, I have thought this before. I don't think it anymore, but probably because I've heard so many voices that know more in education than I do. But I hear often, I've said it before, you've said it before, I was in public schools and I turned out fine, so... You know, I'm going to trust that my kids are going to go to public schools and turn out fine. What's the difference between us as a generation in public schools and our kids in a generation in public schools? Um, you know, that is very broad and a difficult question <laughs> to answer. Um, I think one big aspect is um, technology has become rampant. Um, the amount of access to, um, I mean, like Knox County schools, they're one-to-one. Every student has access to a Chromebook, um, which means they have access to the internet at all times. Um, most students by sixth grade have cell phones. Um, granted I got mine, I think towards the end of my seventh grade year, but it wasn't a smartphone. It was literally, I could call people. A Nokia phone where you could play snake. Yeah. See, you were the cool kid. Um, so technology has made a big shift in just the way a child thinks, um, anxiety, insecurities, bullying, all the things, um, like there's a fight in the hallway, it's going to be online within the next hour. Um, so yeah, things are just very different in that aspect. And then there's, it's just also different because I think as you guys have referred to, I mean, politics are changing and shifting and um, teachers' hands just seem really tied at this point. Um, principals' hands seem really tied. Um, and so while the politics shift seems to be quote unquote, or maybe it's not a quote, but it says it's for the rights of everybody. Um, I have seen where it really is squashing the rights of Christians yeah. within the public school system. Um, and even like you were talking about Randy parents getting to make choices for their kids. It's like, that's non-existent. Like you don't get to choose which school your kid goes to. You go to the school you're zoned for, unless you work for the school system and then you can choose. Um, but only then. Um, and so there, yeah, there's just not a lot of choice provided within the public school system. And um, while I don't know what my parents got to choose and not choose for me, um, I do know when I think back to my teachers, they had a lot more freedom to say what they really thought and to talk about the Lord if they knew the Lord. And um, there wasn't just like constant breathing down their necks to 
check you, the boxes. When you say things like hands are tied, like what what are you you know what are you talking about there? I mean, for me, it has been so life giving to get to talk to my students at this Christian school about God's design and how we are sinners. Like when they say mean things to each other, it's like, hey, that was that was sin. Like that was unkind and unloving and unchristlike. Let's talk about what Christ did for us. Or right now we're reading a novel, um, The Pilgrim's Progress by, oh, I can't remember. John it's Bunyan. the retelling. Well, no, it's the retelling. It's yeah. for eight to 12 year olds and there's pictures and it's a poem. And um, I highly recommend it to parents of that age group. It's wonderful. But it's been life giving, but it's like when I worked in the public school system, it honestly, like you couldn't talk about how wrong behaviors are sin. You could say, what are you doing? What, what should you be doing? You could redirect and help them think about right actions, but you couldn't talk about the root. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like your hands are just tied when it comes to talking about your faith talking if a kid asks you you can talk about it yeah but even like I had some students who were struggling with their identities their gender identities and I had kids looking to me to be like what do I call this child and it's like I could not let them make that choice for them I had to tell them because of the policies, the way they are, like you have to, one, be kind, which I agree with, you have to be kind, but two, this is what the child wants to be identified as, and so you can rather choose to not say it at all, or you can choose to identify them as that, um, and so like your hands are just tied, you can't say, well, I actually don't agree, like I think God made that child perfectly the way he or she is um, it's like, you don't have that freedom. And then you just, you see these kids and they're also confused and they don't know how to process. And it was just like, so draining for me because I wanted to enter into those conversations with them, but I couldn't. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. It kind of goes back to that, the idea of you know, like the transgender teacher, like in order to be okay with that, like, like it's, it's like, hey, here's a transgender teacher, and they teach their worldview. You know, that transgender is good and right, and I'm different gender than what you know I was born as, or, or whatever it is. But at the same time, it's like, why not allow a Hannah Haney to teach a Christian worldview perspective and talk about um, her morality, right and wrong? Now, the whole, you know, it's like we're, we need to probably, you know, probably focus on educating, you know, whatever our primary education is, but... But there is a worldview that comes alongside it, and I get to choose whether I want to opt out of her class or not, right? Mm -hmm. I let her teach as she is, um, as she sees best, and and I get a choice: do I want my kid to be taught by her or or this other person? And because uh, some people would say, "Listen, I don't want a Christian worldview. Give me, uh, I want the I want the transgender. I want it." But mm -hmm. other people would say, "No, no, no. Give me the Hannah Haney. I want I want her worldview." And, uh, but it does, I think that is one of the worst things about public schools that we're just not getting that choice. There's not that freedom. And it is a, a shackling of, of certain people's hands and not others' hands. Mm -hmm. and so, cause 
So, I mean, this is, I guess, kind of wrapping up a little bit, but um, question, I guess, would be, what do you think, and we've kind of talked about it, so it's kind of a two-parted question, I guess. What do you think is the most important thing to consider in education and slash or is there anything that you would really want to leave us with today? Yeah, um... Okay, so when I think about options parents have um, as their kids are about to start the new school year, and these options, they continue on until they graduate and go to college and pick that school for themselves. But it's like every year as parents, you have the freedom to choose where your kid goes to school. Hmm. So one, that's that reality of even in the middle of the school year, you can move your kid into a different setting if it's not healthy. Um, you are your child's advocate. Um, but just even for people to realize, because I didn't realize this in the until the past like two years or so, but there are, obviously there's private schools and not all private schools are made the same just because they are a Christian school doesn't mean they're going to be teaching the biblical worldview that we um, in this conversation necessarily have. Um, And so I think that's one reality, but there are private Christian schools, there's homeschooling. And then like me, my brain from like, you just think about being home with your kids all the time. I'm like, Oh no, that sounds like really a bad idea. Um, But then there's also things called co-ops that I didn't even know existed until we moved here to Knoxville. But it's like you can send your school to a Christian school for two or three days a week. And then you take home materials and you teach them or even the public school system. I learned this in the past three years or so. They even offer homeschool curriculum. So it's like you can teach. You can be handed all the materials you need from the public school system, but then you get to teach your child. And so it's like, there are so many options out there. Um, And all of those options come with different sacrifices. Um, Obviously private school is a major financial sacrifice and not everybody are going to be able to afford that. But I do think there's lots of people out there that can afford it, but don't want to make that investment they would rather invest it in college or a wedding or a car. And right. like, while those are all important, anyways, financial sacrifice, homeschooling, it is, I don't even know really the cost of it, but I would assume you have to pay for the materials and stuff um, versus public school. You don't, but then there's also like, there's a sacrifice from one of the parents who's doing the schooling um, and choosing that die to self to give life to their kids. Um, And then there's the public school, which is the sacrifice of putting them in the school system and trusting that they're going to be okay. And you're sacrificing them hands open to the Lord. And um, there is no shame for whatever parents choose to do for their kids. But I really do want to challenge parents to evaluate why they are making the decisions they're making for their kids is when it comes to education 
Is there an underlying idol that they're not willing to lay before the Lord and trust him with? Mm, That's good. Um, So why are you choosing that choice? But then also for parents to know that like God is sovereign and he is taking care of you and your families. And um, it's like, if your only option is the public school system, because mom and dad both have to work and you're not teachers, you can't, like you can't apply for scholarships. Scholarships do exist, but like some people just have to depend on the public school system, which is where that choice comes in that you were talking about, Randy, and like the sadness that's there. But um, like that is a good and okay thing. Like God is going, like you said at the very beginning of the podcast, like mom and dad's voice is the strongest in the kids' lives. And so if you are presently pursuing your children and actively pursuing like there is plenty of opportunity for you to come alongside your child and help shepherd their hearts no matter their teacher um you just you got to keep that relationship you got to fight for the relationship I would imagine with your child and the older they get the more they are like they turn into the it was a fine day yeah. I don't want to tell you about it, but, um, I read that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd read that day too. Cause right now it's glorious blabbering all the way home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I want parents to know that like God, if you are really laying your decisions before the foot of the Lord and praying over it as a couple, like God is going to t- be good. Yeah. Um, it's just more so that passive parenting of like, oh, well, that I would like to press against. Yeah. That's and really what you're saying is that it's a lordship decision. Jesus, you are king of all. You are in control. Where would you have me educate my children? <laughs> and um, trusting him in whatever that may be. And so it's it's so simple, but I mean it's also our our hearts are so complex that you know you're talking about idols and things like that. But it's like you know what idols are in my heart that you know one wants me to hold my kids so close and say no you're gonna be with me and we're gonna homeschool and you're never gonna go to a co-op and I'm gonna teach you everything. But then it's also well what idols in my heart that says. I cannot wait to get you on that bus and to have my six hours away from you. Even, even when we love our kids, like it's just can be exhausting and very refreshing to send them away. And it's, excuse me, so important to be able to know our own hearts and know what we're doing to stroke our own little idols. And then what we're doing, because it really is a following after the Lord and, and kind of having open hands to, to what he would have for our children and our families. So, mm-hmm. Hannah, or go ahead. No, we're just going to say, hey, thank you, Hannah, so much for taking the time. And, and uh, you know, I think this is really probably the beginning of a lot of podcasts on uh, the school system. Not Maybe not in the near future, or like the immediate future, but... Uh, just education and options. Ed- and- Golly, Bob, there's a whole lot here, I think, that families would benefit a ton from i think we'll you know it's been there's a lot to benefit just from our conversation here but 
Oh, I'm excited about uh, talking more about education yeah. in the future for families. Yeah. So thanks for coming on and chatting with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.